you know, you take a lot of bricks uh, running for office, that's for sure. Um, it was an interesting experience. Uh, I would say the hardest part were some of the friendships that got tested, some of which don't know if they'll ever be rekindled. So that's the hard part because I, when I'm a friend, I'm, I, I go in and out for my friends. So I wasn't expecting that, but it happened. Um, and the fact that your life is just on public display, right, for everyone. Um, and, you know, no matter what you do, sometimes, you know, you're going to have people that like you, you're going to have people that hate you. You're listening to the Black and Blue Podcast, a discussion and celebration of the roles of African Americans and other minorities in U.S. law enforcement. Your host on the Black and Blue Podcast is Dale Peters, a law enforcement professional with over 20 years experience in the business. Hop on board this Black and Blue train of interviews, current events, and pop culture conversations. So get ready. The Black and Blue Podcast is coming at you right now. Hey, Black and Blue fam, what's good with you? Welcome back to the latest edition of the Black and Blue Podcast, where we celebrate diversity in U.S. law enforcement. My name is Dale, and I'm the host. Thank you for stopping by because I got a real good one for you here today. But uh, before we do that, let me ask you first, click those like, subscribe, and bell icons right down here on my YouTube channel. And if you listen to me on your favorite podcast platform, hey, please rate the Black and Blue Podcast five stars. Finally, be sure to check me out on any one of my social media pages for even more content. You can find me everywhere at Black and Blue US. All right, so with that down, let's get to it. Today's guest is a county sheriff in the great state of Minnesota. So Black and Blue fam, help me welcome to the show, Hennepin County, Minnesota Sheriff, Dewana Witt. How you doing, Sheriff? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. All right. Good morning to you. Well, good afternoon uh, to you. Good morning to me out here in California. How's your day shaping up? Um, it's shaping out good. It's good that it's no longer Monday, but I could use some California weather here in Minnesota because it's still a little chilly. Is it really? Is it really? Where? Uh, what's the weather like out there right now? I want to say we're in the high 40s today, if not the low 50s, yes. Okay, well, for you, that's that's nothing. That's just that's summer weather for you, right? It's below average. It should be in the 60s. Okay, okay. Uh, it right. was a long, long winter, one of our most snowiest winters. I think we hit the top three this year. So I'm ready. Wow. I'm ready for summer. Yeah, I, I, I bet. I bet. We we had a wet uh, winter out here as well in California. It was, you know, once the rain hits, you know, people don't know how to drive out here in California. So it was, it was rough. But. <laughs> But it was all good. Hey, I appreciate you coming on. Uh, like I mentioned in the uh, intro there, you are the sheriff of Hennepin County, Minnesota. Where, where is that exactly for, for those of us not in the know? So our biggest city is Minneapolis, home of the Vikings, Timberwolves, okay. as you all know. So I got to represent that. But Minneapolis Timber, is the biggest Timber, city. Timberwolves aren't doing too good, though. Timberwolves aren't doing too good. I good. know. I know. I need to go talk to them for a minute because that's just <laughs> not okay. Yeah, so so it encompasses Minnesota, I mean, uh, Minneapolis, and uh, about how large is the county? Our county, we're the largest county in the state, uh, population about 1.3 million. Okay, all right. And you've been the sheriff for about how long now? Four months. 
<laughs> four months. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. Congrats. All right. Are, are you a Minneapolis native, Minnesota native? So actually, I was actually born in Chicago, um, oh. Chicago Heights, and moved here when I was a small child. A lot of my family still lives there. I have my more immediate family that lives here in Minnesota, though. So, but yeah, so originally from Chicago Heights and then uh, South Minneapolis is where I was raised, went to school. Okay. All right. So you're kind of more of a, na a native of Minneapolis. It sounds like you've been there a little bit longer than Chicago. Yes. Yes. A yeah. lot longer. Yeah. A lot longer. Yeah. It, but it's, it's not too far from Chicago, right? How, how far is the, uh, the two cities? Depends on who's driving. I can do it in about seven, seven and a half hours. <laughs> uh, <laughs> depending on. Is, is, is that fast, though? That's, that's, that's good enough. How about that? I'm, I'm pleading the fifth. <laughs> <laughs> pleading the fifth on that. All right. All right. So you've been the, uh, the sheriff for a few months now. And what, did you start at that, uh, at that department or did you uh, get elected from somewhere else? How did that work out? No, it's interesting because I did start my career here in Hennepin County um, in 2000. I was a, a detention deputy. And it's interesting because I never saw myself in this field because I have um, history with just not having trust or, or um, liking police because of the encounters that my family has had. But I started my career off here again in 2000 as a detention deputy, and that's a non-licensed um, police officer here in Minnesota. And from there, um, I, I went to get my license to become a licensed peace officer. I went to Dakota County Sheriff's Office where I was at for 16 years. And then in 2019, I was asked to come back to Hennepin County in an appointed position as a major. And in 2022, I ran for sheriff, the first time ever running for office, and here I am. Wow, wow. How was that election process for you? You know, you take a lot of bricks uh, running for office, that's for sure. Um, yeah. It was an interesting experience. Uh, I would say the hardest part were some of the friendships that got tested, some of which don't know if they'll ever be rekindled. So that's the hard part because I, when I'm a friend, I'm, I, I go in and out for my friends. So I wasn't expecting that, but it happened. Um, and the fact that your life is just on public display, right, for everyone. Um, and, you know, no matter what you do, sometimes, you know, you're going to have people that like you, you're going to have people that hate you, you know. But what I knew is that I run off of being authentic, staying true to myself, and putting myself on that platform where I'm not here to to be anything but authentic and to do the right thing. And I overwhelmingly was voted in um, by the citizens of Hennepin County. There were five of us originally in this race. And mm -hmm. so that was, it's been a journey. Was, was there an incumbent or what happened to the uh, previous sheriff? No, our, the sheriff prior to me, who's the one who actually brought me in as an appointed position, um, there were some things that happened uh, within his personal life that was very public. I'm not going to use this platform to talk about it, but um, ultimately he decided not not to run. Okay. Okay. And then, so then there were five of you, and I'm sure it does sound like it was a heated race, and uh, you came out on top. Was there, was it a straight, you said overwhelming, so there had... Didn't have to be a runoff or anything, right? Nope, didn't have to be a runoff. Um, you know, when uh, it came down to the two of us, right, because only two of us were able to make the primaries, um, it, it, it was, I want to say, a two-to-one vote, basically. 
And nice. so there was, it wasn't, it wasn't even close. Okay. Okay. And uh, how large is your department? Uh, our department is about 853 staff and that's um, civilian as well as well as sworn. Okay. And yeah, again, yeah. so it's the largest, the largest county in the jail. We have the biggest jail and I'm um, sorry, the biggest jail in the county. Um, as well as our staff, as far as county sheriff's offices, we are the the biggest in that way okay. as well. Yeah, yeah. What 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 sort of duties do? Because uh, I know sheriff's offices, you know, across the country, uh, do different things. Out here in California, a lot of sheriff's offices also um, do patrol as well as handle the the jails and the courts. Is it the same there in in uh, Hennepin County? Yes, we are a full service sheriff's office. We do patrol. We have the jail, court, um, civil process, patrol, water patrol. I don't know if that's something of the county sheriffs in California, but we are um, we are uh, mandated by state statute to to patrol the waters as well. You know, in Minnesota, being the land of ten thousand lakes, so that's right. pretty big in itself, right? So, yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. And uh, what what lakes are? I guess it's not eerie out there. I, I started out. Uh, I grew up in in Ohio before I came out to uh, California. So uh, yeah, I know about Lake Erie and all that. What what lakes are close? The big lakes out there. I would say Minnetonka is the biggest one for yeah. for my my city or for my county. But yeah, we have so many different lakes: small, large, medium. Wow! Wow! Yep, and nothing like it, huh? Nothing like it, except for we yep. get to only enjoy it for four months out of the year because of the weather. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right now it's got to be a beautiful time of year, spring, before you right get into uh, summer. Uh, you said it was a little chilly, but uh, I'm sure, you know, it's still a beautiful time of year, though, right? It is. You know, it'd be nice when the uh, trees are green again and we can see green grass. You know, it's we're, we're getting there, but that's what makes it really look nice, you know? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So uh, getting back to Hennepin County, what, what's kind of the, the makeup of Hennepin County is that the demographics? The demographics, well, it's, it's pre predominantly white. However, we do have like cities, uh, like if you take Minneapolis, for instance, which is north side and south side, north side has a um, higher population of, of people of color as well as south Minneapolis. Um, I don't have the exact percentages, but you know what, we are very diverse, not just with um with uh cultures or race but both you know we have a large somali population here in in hennepin county i want to say one of the largest in the country um as well as as other races and cultures so it's it, it is growing to be more and more diverse um and, and that makes it interesting because if you think about the makeup of hennepin county where you have again the major city is Minneapolis. And when you think about the sheriff's office or Hennepin County as a whole, 37 cities, and some of those include like smaller areas, um, like more rural. So mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's just our geographical area is, is diverse in itself as well. Absolutely. And does your kind of your department kind of mirror the community? I would say that we are one of the departments that better do it, um, that better mirror. It's like, you know, you think here I am the first uh, female um, and black person to lead this agency, the largest agency. What people don't know is my number two is also a woman and a woman of color. So, you know, that's unheard of in Minnesota where we are leading the largest agency. And here you have these two black women doing it. So, you know, yes. so it's, it's kind of like, OK, people are taking notice of that. Like, oh, wait a minute. 
This isn't something people here are used to seeing. And, and let me add that we're doing a good job of it too, right? <laughs> right. So, so um, you know, but when we're talking about like community, I do, I do believe in that phrase, you can't be what you can't see. So as I am working on our diversity and increasing our diversity here at the Hennepin County Sheriff's Office, you know, one thing I talk about is, hey, we can't have all, all of our people of color in one area. We need to be everywhere, right? That is that indirect recruiting, you know, and making sure that we are living up to making sure that we do represent our, the communities that we serve. Absolutely. And it sounds like that you're kind of doing that job now pretty well. Um, are, are you guys hurting for people like every other agency across the nation right now? Yes, we are. It's, um, you know, it's, it's hard, you know, for the state of Minnesota, there are more job openings for people to go in law enforcement than there are candidates. I'm also an adjunct professor at one of our colleges, and I'm used to having over 20 students in my class. I have seven this semester, you know, and some of my peers, the same thing. So, you know, um, it, it is tough, right? But also we got to look at this might be an opportunity. How can we do things different? How can we do things better? And just because we've always recruited people one way doesn't mean there aren't other ways of doing it. So we have to step up to the challenge, figure out what that is. We do acknowledge that we're, we're hurt right now, but we can't stop moving, right? We got to keep, keep our eye on the ball and, and stay true to that oath that we have taken, which is to serve and to protect our communities. But we also have to acknowledge that we need people and good people to do that job. We can't afford to go backwards with some of the things that we're seeing right out here, right? With uh, bad police behavior. That does not represent all of this profession. And you know what, if we keep getting stuck in those moments where well, we're losing opportunities to, to change things. So, you know, it's not ignored, but we also gotta make sure that we're multitasking and making sure that we are trying to do better and be better all the time. That part, that part right there. And, uh, you know, a lot of the sentiments of why, you know, a lot of people don't want to become police officers nowadays because of, uh, you know, things that happened and, you know, 2020 mm -hmm. was the main thing and you're right there in the epicenter of it. And, uh, in Minnesota with George Floyd, how, how was that experience for you back when that happened? One of the most difficult times in my profession. And when I say that it wasn't just the one day, it was everything that even came after the murder of George Floyd, you know, um, you know, I could tell you, like, there were times where I would go out, like, especially when the, uh, when the protests came downtown, because at the time I was the major overseeing the jail and courts for Hennepin County. So the trial for Derek Chauvin, as well as the other high profile, um, um, hearings that we had, that was on my watch. That was at the courthouse that I was in charge of, of making sure that I provided safety and security while at the same time balancing people's uh, uh, First Amendment, right? So, um, you know, when I would go out there and talk to people, you know, there are some people who are like, well, what are you going to do? I'm like, I'm going to talk to people. And, you know, well, what are you going to say? I don't know. I don't plan it. I just stay true to who I am. And albeit that there were some people who did not want to see me, did not want to see me out there because I had a uniform and I have this badge. I had to like tone that out and find the people who did want to hear hear from me, who did want an explanation as to what's going on, who did want to understand the process, you know. But at the same time, I took bricks, you know, where people would call me names, you know, I'm a traitor, I'm a Auntie Tammy, and all of this, but nobody knew my story, right? 
uh, how I got here because I didn't come through the traditional way and I most certainly didn't think or know that I would be in this field. I do consider myself a game changer because of all the things I had had to overcome to get to this spot where I am today, that wasn't easy. And what keeps me fueled is don't ever forget where you came from, the good, the bad, or any of that. But that is how I lead my um, myself through this profession all the time. It's like, you know what? We need to be everywhere. We need to represent from every aspect. We need all lenses, not just race, but all lenses at the table. When we're trying to say that we're making decisions for the greater good and for the majority and making sure nobody gets left behind, that means you need people with all of those different experiences and those backgrounds. If you're truly committed to doing that and to diversity, you recognize that just because somebody is different or have a different background don't mean they're wrong. Right. It's just different. Yep. Yep. And, uh, you know, part of that diversity, like you just said a minute ago, not just race, but, uh, you know, gender as well. Uh, you being mm-hmm. a female in this male dominated profession, you know, um, I'm sure you've, you've had some ups and downs during, during your career. But uh, let's talk about, you said, you know, your journey to this career. And you said it wasn't an easy one. Let's talk about that. Well, um, as I said, I grew up in South Minneapolis. You know, my mother was an addict. My father was an alcoholic. My father was also a person who was a, um, he was a, he was a vet. And, you know, back then, 70s and 80s, we weren't calling PTSD, PTSD. But, you know, now that's exactly what we would call it. And he, he drank his problems away, basically. Um, but you know, that meant for like a very unstable, um, household too. You know, I'm one of five siblings that grew up in that household because I do have other siblings, um, um, on my dad's side, but I grew up in a house where there were three girls, two boys, I'd be in the second oldest. And when my dad was gone and my mom got into other relationships, there were just, there was a lot of violence, you know, a lot of abuse. You know, I come from a family who was very embedded in in gangs, especially in Chicago. But all of that meant invitations for law enforcement to come into our lives. You know, I was that kid who felt felt like the system did fail us as kids because we endured a lot. You know, whether it was the drugs, the alcohol abuse, you name it, that was it. And then our neighborhood, you know, where it's like, okay, you know, I came from a family of one gang. On the next block was another gang. But you know what? Even though we as kids weren't a part of that, we were we were a part of that indirectly. So, you know, but again, um, the fact that that brought so much police to our lives, um, I saw bad po- policing. You know, I have been called names as a child by people in this profession, as a child. Um, and so when people would say, that doesn't happen or 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 you know don't believe that um that people were um treated badly by the police i'm always the one who challenges and say how do you know that you know i don't take this this profession lightly i will often tell people i don't expect you to respect me because i have a uniform and badge i expect to earn it and that's because that's what i bring with me people did not earn it so you know um I also became a mom at 15 and that was the moment where it's like, okay, I didn't want my baby girl being raised in the environment um, that I lived in. 
you know, and I'll say this, you know, my mom put us through a lot, but I still love my mom. She's not here with us today. Right. But, you know, she she put us kids through a whole lot. And I know I want it better for my daughter. And so that's when I moved out of the, out of my home. I actually gave my daughter to her dad and I went to go live in a shelter because I wasn't emancipated. So I could not live on my own with her until I got into this program where I could have her with me, where they taught me independent living skills, um, taught me financial um, readiness, which still working on that. But <laughs> and, 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 you know, and just pushed me to go to school, right? And so when I graduated from that program at 16, had my first apartment, had my daughter, enrolled myself back into high school because I always loved school and I was always into sports. I was the girl who would beat every boy in every sport. It did not matter. Tomboy, I was all tomboy. Okay. Still have a little bit, but, um, you know, got back on the basketball team was the coach of our girls basketball. Or, I'm sorry, the um, captain of our girls basketball team. So it was basketball on one hip, a baby girl on the other. And, and you know, and then I, I had people who were supporting me, pushing me by this time. Like, yes, you can just keep going, keep going. Um, got multiple scholarships to go to college and ended up graduating with my first degree in chemical dependency and family therapy. I wanted to help kids like me, you know, because that was my that was my background. Um, that was a part of my life, and I wanted to be what I needed to see. And so I started working for a nonprofit and and um, working with families who had child protection cases, um, and and chemical dependency was was an issue in their family. And my job was to get them reunited in their communities, teach parenting skills, and write progress reports to the courts on what they were doing and how they were doing. Again, something that I could relate to because I, I wanted to help kids that were like me. Yeah. And I did that for a few years and I had a couple of cases that I was not yet ready for. And that was one where a father um, that I had just got assigned, he had just killed his infant child. And then another one where um, the same week, a mom who I really advocated for the judge to give her unsupervised visits with her four children, the judge granted that. Um, based off of my recommendations and all the work that she was doing and the first night you know getting a call from the kids in the middle of the night asking me to come pick them up they didn't know where their mom was and so i went to pick them up and the two oldest boys when i was taking them back to foster care the foster care they started fighting them in the back seat of my car and they uh, were straight swinging on each other right but they were fighting because they were blaming themselves for their mom going back out there and using that is something that I have forgotten me and my brothers and sisters used to do. We used to blame ourselves. Like we're, we're the reason why she did that. And that hurt me to my core. I mean, that hurt me. I totally forgot about that part of our life. But um, I went to talk to a friend of mine who was a probation officer at the time, a juvenile probation officer. And she and I, we went on a tour at the Hennepin County Jail. And um, never thought about it but it was that tour where they talked about how they needed women and specifically women of color to me in my head working in the jail was not the same as the police officers i seen in and out of squad cars so i'm like okay this is something i can do but it was working in the jail where i started to have more encounters with law enforcement it you know my job was to communicate with them so i could figure out what i was doing with the detainees that they had as i took them into the jail but I had to have conversations, right? Well, I got to know people over time. I got to know them for them as individuals. And then, you know, all the barriers I had about believing, and I will say, I truly believed it was all, police were bad. 
that wasn't fitting the narrative for me. I actually met some good, some good police officers, some good deputies. And, um, and that's why I'm a huge advocate for real community policing, because I was that person. You could not tell me different. They're all bad. They all just wanted, uh, got a power trip or something like that. That was my real beliefs. That was my reality. And that's what it took for me to lower those barriers was I had to have those conversations. I had to have something that challenged my stereotypes, right? And so for me, I knew what it took. And so that's why I'm always like, "Mm -mm." going through a community, driving through a community, or just knowing the streets is not being a part of your community. Who are the people? Who are your business owners? What is it that your communities need? You You can't just ask people those questions. You have to be able to to connect with that. Yeah, yeah, and uh, sounds like you you made the right choice. I, I I know I did. I know I did, and I and I laugh at when you say that at first because I just said in a meeting, I was like, "Yep, three years, nine months to go." People are like, "You're already counting." <laughs> uh, is is that the term of office? Uh, is it a four year term? Yes, it's a four year term. Yeah, and you're not looking to go for a re-election, huh? Well, I'm not. I'm not seeing that. You know, um, it would be one thing. You know, like I said, there were some things going on here at this office. I was not prepared to run. I did not see it coming. I just never been a person to sit back and be like, "Oh, what are we going to do now?" Or, "Oh, what's going to happen next?" It, there was. We were faced with. We need something to happen now, and we need to make sure that we save this this sheriff's office and make sure that we are able to do the job that is needed to be done right now. I haven't, I've never been one to sit back and just let things happen to me. I'm a doer. So I didn't plan to run. It was literally a couple of conversations. And you know, I think I even made the decision before I even told my husband. <laughs> and- uh, You gonna and, do what? <laughs> you know, things were happening quickly. You know, it is. He knew. He knew that I was having the conversations, but you know, it was a surprise. But he also knew who he married. And I'm not somebody who just sits back. You know, it's like okay, I'm, I'm a person who say, don't complain if you're not willing to try to be a part of the solution. You know, even if I would not have lost, I would have known that I was trying to be a part of the solution, right? right. So, you know, it's somebody like I was the only internal in this race. And with everything that happened after the murder of George Floyd, all of the instability, the, the high crime that we're seeing in Hennepin County, what we could not afford was somebody to get in and learn the job. We needed somebody who already knew the job. So, so you know, and so when we say uh, next term, I do see myself running for it, but I didn't see myself running for this one. So you never know what's going to happen, right? Never know. Never know. <laughs> yep, <laughs> for sure, for sure. And uh, you mentioned uh, a lot of issues that had to be worked out. Um, have you been able to work through them or you still got some work to do? No, I've been able to work through them um, for the most part. But, you know, there's that's one of the things with problems, right? There's there's always something you're never really done. You're always working on something, right? Because life life is about changes. The economy is about changes. Our, our neighborhoods are about changing. So, you know what? I, I, I fix what's in front of me and I prioritize and I keep it moving so I can be ready for the next thing. I'm a person who uses a little bit of sports analogy, and I tell people all the time, I don't want to be on defense. I want to be on offense, right? 
you know, some of the things that we know um, that we're facing or know that's coming, why wait for them to get here? Let's let's start talking and working on that right now. And so that's how I how I look at um, the situations. And I know sometimes people be like, oh, my God, here she come. Yep, here I come. What are we working on next, y'all? <laughs> what are we working on next? We know we still got this over here, but we got to focus on this, too. We, we can't afford to have tunnel vision. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, you being a, a female sheriff uh, of Hennepin County and you've got over 20 years experience in this job. What was your experience like as a female coming up in, in this uh, in this profession? You know, it's interesting because um, when I left Hennepin County in 2004 to go to Dakota County, um, there weren't a lot. There were less females in Dakota County than there were in Hennepin. It was um, less diverse at one point. And then at some point we turned the corner at Dakota County and became the most diverse law enforcement agency in the state. But, you know, as a female out there and being only one of two black females and one of three female of colors in the field, it was it was interesting, you know, because the three of us would talk about it all the time, how we see things differently, you know, based off of our gender and our race. You know how we sometimes felt like you could talk to people and they look at you like you're an alien because they can't relate you know which is why i say learning is lifetime you know what you do you may not know about me but i'm going to teach you about me because you know there's other people out there like me um but you know going up the ranks there at dakota because that's what i did i was the first woman to reach the rank of captain in the history of dakota county sheriff's office um and you know as i was um didn't know it yet, but as I was uh, preparing to come to Hennepin, you know, one of the things that was important to me is like, oh my goodness, I am the only female with rank there. And so, you know, I rallied all the females together. It's like, okay, you guys, you have to hold the torch. What are we going to do? What is it that I can do to help assist you with making the decision to, to, to go for rank? Because it wasn't that they weren't qualified. They just chose not to. Um, you know, to, to try to go up at the ranks. But, you know, that that bothered me, too. It's like, what is it? What is it about that? You know, um, about the females that they don't want to, to um, go to a higher rank. But, you know, um, at the end of the day, it, they have one one of those females as is a sergeant. But um, what I would hear from people like after I left, because I still have some relationships there, is like I didn't realize what an impact that was for some of them when I did leave. And, and that that hurts, right? You know, yeah. like where somebody said to me, they're like, you know what, you were the go-to person, you were the one that we came to, and what are we supposed to do now? And it was like, oh, you know, did I do my job with making sure that I was the whole time, right? Not, not just at the end, but the whole time, did I fail at my job with getting other people prepared to be the next Dewana Wynn? Right. You know, um, especially when it comes to, to diversity, when it comes to females and people of color, you know, but that bothered me. It's like because they should have somebody. I mean, there's sometimes that they call me still to this day and I've been gone now since 2019. But that 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 is the trust that I built with them, you know, and the respect that I have with them that, you know, that bond can never be broken. But I, I often say that hmm, there needs to be somebody there. Yeah, yeah. Somebody that can connect to, somebody that can relate to. Yeah. Where, where is Dakota County? Is it like the next county over, or? Yeah, it's the next. It's the next county over. Um, it's in the top 
five or six for largest counties. Um, it, it, it's, it's not nearly as diverse as Hennepin County, but you know what? That was my home for 16 years. Let me tell you, here you have this black female deputy. Here goes a funny thing. Um, but I was also the chief of our county fair there, which is a, one of the biggest county fairs in, in uh, Minnesota. And so here you had me as the, the, um, the black female deputy who was leading the tractor parade, right? And, and, you know, when I would set up the county fair and meet with people in the community, I know that I made a huge impact. You know, again, going back to that engagement, people might think or think they know who I am based off of my race or my profession. But, you know, I was somebody who didn't wait for people to come uh, and talk to me. I talked to everybody. Like if I was with my daughters or my husbands, they always say, you got to talk to everybody. I'm like, yeah, talk to everybody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's how you get to know people, right? That's what they ask. Yeah. All right. All right. Yeah, it sounds like you, you, you're a pretty busy uh, lady right now you're running the uh, tractor parade over at the county fair back in the day <laughs> what what do you like to do now that uh, now that you're a sheriff what uh, I'm sure you're still pretty busy what do you like to do when you're not being sheriff you know uh, I'm gonna be honest with you Mr. Peters I, everybody's asking like what am I doing for self-care and I can tell you day one I've been running running and trying to get things together pull things together and, and so I have not been able to do things that I like to do, which is spend time with my family. I have two grandkids that I absolutely adore. And I have, I have never been that distant. I shouldn't even say distant. I'm not seeing them for that quality time that I like because I'm always, my phones are always ringing. I'm always at meetings. But my family is, is what I like doing. I like being with my family. I love to cook for my family. I like to have gatherings. And, you know, my whole life <laughs> has been turned upside down. And, but with that being said, it's like no regrets because I do feel like that it was the right time with everything that's going on in Minnesota, specifically Hennepin County and Minneapolis, the city of Minneapolis. It was the right thing to do. And I'm lucky and blessed to have a family that supports me, but I cannot, um, I cannot forget that they need me too, right? You know, like I could tell you, like there's um, an, an outlet today that was questioning why I was not at a, a funeral. We just lost a deputy in Minnesota here um, a little bit over a week ago. And um, I could tell you, I take those types of things to heart. You know, when we lose somebody in the line of duty, I take it to heart. But you know, it's like that balance where I made a, I made a um, commitment to my family as well you know like with my youngest daughter who um she she teaches kids who are have who are um challenged have behavioral challenges and she was just assaulted in the school and in the hospital with a concussion and you know i was just getting back from quantico virginia at training i made a commitment to be with my family but yet there's some people who want to come at me because I, I wasn't at 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 the funeral but again that's like you know what ask me you know don't 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 do that Right. Don't yeah. try to make this yeah. something. But there's 87 sheriffs in Minnesota. Why are you just asking why I'm not there? Are you asking the other sheriffs that weren't there? Right. But they make it about me. And, you know, and like I said, you know, my time, what I like to do is make sure when I when I tell my family I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it. When I tell them I'm going to be there, I'm going to be there. 
And um, that that is that is my that's my time, right? Yep. Doesn't matter if we're at home or if we're on a vacation together. That's my quality time, and they need that time. And how dare anybody try to challenge that? No doubt, no doubt. And uh, you said you you ran for sheriff unexpectedly, and uh, you know, and in the end, you came out on top. So now that you are sheriff, what's what's kind of the the best part of your job as sheriff? Most rewarding part of your job as the sheriff of Hennepin County? I'm going to tell you my phrase. I can show you better than I could tell you. <laughs> and what I mean by that, you know, I've always had ideas, you know, in this profession. And, you know, but sometimes it was, it took a lot of work to get people to see things that are different from what they know, right? People tend to stay comfortable. Um, and now I'm in that position. The best part is now I'm in that position. See, my badge says one, where I get to make some of those decisions, right? I do utilize my team, but you know, I get to implement things that I believe will better help us in this profession and will better help us build those gaps with our communities. You know, um, so the best part is the, the puck does stop with me now. I get to decide. All right. And but on the flip side of that was was kind of the more challenging part of uh, your job now as sheriff. I'm sure I'm sure politics, playing the politics is, is part of it. That would be number two. My number one would be, um, as I said, I'm authentic and I like people. And yes, I do talk to everybody, but I am going from meeting to meeting. And when I have a meeting with somebody, I want to focus on that person. I don't want to be rushing out. I want to listen. Right. I want to take in what what's being said to me. And to be honest, that's the that's the hardest thing for me right now because I don't like not giving people the time that they deserve, right? And especially when it's people who put me into this office, right? Um, so so that would be my number one. Number two is the politics, right? Um, I will say that I am the DFL endorsed um, sheriff, you know, and some people took um, did not take a liking to that. But here goes the deal when it comes to politics um, and when it comes to me. I'm not a person who says that you have to agree with everything the party says. In fact, I said that to my team. You know, it's like, yeah, I'm DFL endorsed, but what does that mean? You know, what does that mean? I am a sheriff to everyone. This is a nonpartisan office. We need people who can be reasonable about when we are making decisions that impact 1.3 million people. Yes. So, you know, um, so, you know, when we're talking about like far left or far right, you know what? We need people in the middle that can be reasonable and understand that it's not just one way or the other. You know, when you take on the decision to represent multiple people, it is your job not to just focus on what your views are, but to represent the better good for all the people that are counting on you to do the right thing when you're in those positions. Absolutely. Well said. Well said. All right, Sheriff Witt. Hey, I appreciate you coming on and sharing your time with me today. I'm sure uh, today's even busier than other days. But uh, hey, before I get you out of here, I do like to play a little trivia with my guests here. So let me get this set up for oh, you wow. here. Oh, oh okay. boy. Here we go. <laughs> and this is this is uh, black or blue, 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 black or blue. Come on. All right, so uh, Sheriff Witt, this is my black or blue game, and your category today is 
Welcome to Minnesota. Welcome to Minnesota. <laughs> yes, I had to do it. I had to do it. Famous people from Minnesota. I'm going to show you a picture of a famous person. You just tell me, are they from Minnesota or not? Pretty pretty simple okay. there. Maybe maybe not that simple, but maybe maybe I'll give you some hints along the way. But uh, <laughs> okay. pretty simple there. So here's your, here's your first one here. How about uh, Bob Dylan? Is Bob Dylan from Minnesota? Yes. <laughs> that is correct. Yes. Bob Dylan is from Duluth, Minnesota. Matter of fact, all right. Off to a good start there. How about uh, Elton John? Is Elton John from Minnesota? You know, I think I would know if Elton John was from here. No, he's not from Minnesota. No, he's not. No, he's not. He's from England. <laughs> Sir Elton John is from England. All right. Two for two. How about uh, your next one here? How about Morris Day? Is Morris Day from Minnesota? Morris Day in the time. Yes. Yeah, definitely from Minnesota, from Minneapolis, as a matter of fact. And uh, next one to hear about Morris Chestnut. Morris Chestnut, I would say no, because I think I would have heard about that because I used you to think stop you that heard man about that. <laughs> uh, he is not from Minnesota. All right. Uh, Going pretty good here. How about your next one here? How about uh, Winona Ryder? Winona Ryder, is she from Minnesota? Yes. Yes, they do a story every year on her birthday. She's from Winona, Minnesota. I guess she was named after her hometown. All right. Um, how about your next one? How about Jessica Beale, famously married to uh, Justin Timberlake? Is she from Minnesota? I'm going to go with yes. Uh, good choice there. Good choice there. She's from Eli, Minnesota, wherever that is. Do you know where that is? Uh, it's way up north, I believe. Way up north. Okay. I think Even colder. So. I... Even colder. Where you colder? <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. Good job there. How about the next one here? How about uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson? Is he from Minnesota? Uh, I don't think so. No. Yeah, that's correct. No, he is not. He's from Hawaii, as a matter of fact. So. Yeah, <laughs> You would have known if he was from Minnesota, for sure. That's uh, what right. I was thinking. Yeah. <laughs> How about uh, John Madden? Is he from Minnesota? No. Oh, first one wrong there. He is from Minnesota. He's from Austin, Minnesota. I did not know that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. All right. That's all right. Okay. Only one wrong here. A couple more here for you. But How about... You know, uh, Houston, you would think there was something named here after him. <laughs> you would think. You would think, yeah. Uh, Judy Garland, is she from Minnesota? Yes. Yeah, another good choice there. Yes, she is from. She's from Grand Rapids, Minnesota. Uh, a few more here for you. How about uh, Vince Vaughn? Vince Vaughn, is he from Minnesota? I want to say yes. Yes, another good job there. He's from Minneapolis. He need to come back. Yeah, he needs to come back. He's out here now in Hollywood, so I, I, I would assume. But, yep, he's originally from Minneapolis. Uh, how about Bill Clinton? Is Bill Clinton from Minnesota? Minneapolis? No. From Minnesota? No, nah, he is not. Yeah, no, he's from uh, Arkansas, right? Yes. Yep. And Jessica Lang. Jessica Lang, is she from Minnesota? No. Oh, no, he's not She's from Cloquet, Cloquet. You know where that is? Yes, I do. I have not okay. been there, but I know. Okay. Yeah. And I yeah, did not know she was from here. 
Yeah, yeah, originally from there. I don't know how long, she, how much time she spent there, but she's originally from there. All right, and your last one here. How about Prince? Is Prince from Minnesota? Yes. That's a gimme. Yeah. <laughs> I was wondering, like, why are you asking me about Prince? <laughs> Yes, uh, you did. You did pretty good on that one. So we gonna call All you the winner. All right, hey, let me get you back on there. All right, great job there. Uh, yes, yeah, so those are some people from Minnesota, and including Sheriff Witt. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. Thanks for coming on again. Before I get you out of here, how about some uh, words of wisdom for the uh, for the audience and the viewers? Words of wisdom. You know what? Go for your goals. Know that there's always going to be st- speed bumps in the road. Um, but you know what? Those are just things that slow you down. They're not things that prevent you from reaching your goals. So believe in yourself. Stay true to yourself. Um, and that goes with the good in your life, the bad in your life. Remember, all of those things shape who you are. And don't give up on yourself. That's my word to wisdom. Great words to live by. All right, Sheriff Witt. Hey, I, again, I appreciate you coming on. And uh, hey, you be safe and, and kind of stay warm out there until it warms up in the summer. <laughs> in the summer. Thank it's coming you. up real soon. All right. We'll talk soon. Okay. Take care. Hey, that was a great interview with Hennepin County, Minnesota Sheriff Dewana Witt. Thank you for coming out and spending some time with me. Hey, I really appreciate that, Sheriff Witt. And if you guys out there appreciated this episode, hey, go on ahead and let me know by leaving a comment in the section below. And don't forget to click those like, subscribe, and and share icons, too, for this episode. I'll be back another week from another couple weeks from now with another great interview just like that one. But uh, till then, y'all know the phrase. Stay black and blue. My name is Dale. College boy, peace. This has been a Nature D Entertainment presentation.